Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 173rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? You were really thinking hard about something over there. Yeah, couldn't come up with anything. I was going to think about why I was great, but... Mm. Well... Producer Cameron and I are going to go see the new Spider-Man movie tomorrow. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got double Spider-Mans right here. Oh, I just oh, knocked one here over. Here they are. This one died. Just rest took in, a little nosedive after that. And uh, so producer Cameron is like trying to catch up on Marvel movies, MCU movies, right? Literally right now. Right this second. What are you watching right now? Uh, Infinity War right now. Okay. That's I'm a pretty good one. 30 minutes in. All right. So we'll leave you to it. Thank you. Um <laughs> Kyle, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Signing, early signing day happened for football. It was very exciting, uh, but it wasn't surprising, thank goodness. No uh, real twists and turns for Mizzou football. Um, and we've got a bowl game, midweek bowl game this coming week. It seems weird that we have to even preview. I mean, we're going to preview Army. Mm-hmm. We're going to preview Bragging Rights. It seems weird that, that, that those games are already here They're within, within the next week. That's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, I feel like, just like off the top of my head, I feel like both of those things should be happening on a Saturday. Yeah. And for them both to be happening on a Wednesday, Wednesday is night. weird. But, oh well. Um, it does suck that those are happening literally I at believe the exact same time. Christmas is on a Saturday, which kind of throws a wrench in, oh, in some stuff. That does make sense, yeah. Okay. Um, NBA has games on a Christmas. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they kind of have like a monopoly on that though yeah they do um before we jump into all of that don't forget to subscribe and leave us a like on youtube leave a comment um subscribe did i already say that uh, leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice and check out our patreon page uh, patreon.com slash missouri sports pod um real quick in the news section mark mitchell picked duke over ucla and missouri yeah, not too shocking. No. Uh, is there any other news besides signing day stuff? Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat is back, folks. Right? Yeah, Trajan Jeffcoat. Okay. He's back. I was looking for reassurance uh, there. Yeah, he announced today that I mean, he's not even a... He's had two seasons of eligibility left, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he could have transferred maybe. Well, I don't I don't he even... could have gone he, to the NFL. Is he NFL eligible at this point? Uh, I guess he is, maybe. Probably. Yeah, if he... Yeah. Yeah. Well, e- either way, it's still He's good back. news. He's back. Yeah. D-line's going to be nasty. Really? In a good way. Okay. Better than this year? Um, maybe. Okay. I would I would think so. Going to get Kyron Montgomery back. Oh, yeah. Maybe add a little Travion Ford into the mix. Mm-hmm. Return mostly everybody. Yeah. That's important. Makes sense to me. Maybe get rid of some guys that weren't so great. I didn't say it. Um, anything else newsworthy besides signing day? Yes, uh, there is a 2023 recruit uh-huh. announcing his commitment tomorrow, and uh, Coach Drinkwitz put out a bat signal of some sort or something, some kind of tweet. Was that yeah. this morning? Mm-hmm. Very early this morning. Newzu 23. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the typical bat signal, though. It was just like the fire emojis, so yeah. I'm assuming that means a commitment. Uh, Makai Wingo said something like and this guy's a dog or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. um i'm trying to i want to make sure i say his name correctly i believe in you can you um stall for just a moment yeah um i had uh something that i was going to share from dave matter on twitter okay, okay i think <laughs> thanks for stalling that was really yeah, nice that was really good uh, I think this gentleman's name is Jakai Lang, and he is a defensive end from Missouri, from Troy, Missouri. He's a 2023 recruit, three, four-star. Um, so that would be the second commitment of Missouri class if he were to commit to Mizzou. It seems... I think he has a scheduled announcement for, like, Sunday. I think it's... Yeah. Or Friday? I think it's tomorrow, Sounds but I good. could be wrong. So it seems like the stars might be aligning on that one a little bit with Coach putting out the 
the bat signal and him announcing soon. It could be him. We don't know that for sure, but that's going to be my guess for who it is. But um, whoever it is is going to um, join Brett Norvell, the tight end, mm-hmm. and uh, get the class off to a good start. Sounds good to me. Um, okay. So signing day 2020 for the class of 2022 uh, was pretty uneventful, honestly. I mean, as uneventful as you can be for the best class in Mizzou football history. Um, I'll just uh, rattle off the names real quick, and then, Kyle, you decide who you want to focus on. Um, Luther Burden, Sam Horn, Tavoris Jones, Marquise Gracio, Isaac Thompson, Jamarion Wayne, Marcus Scott, Armand Membao, Makai Miller, Jalen Marshall, Max Wisner, Tristan Wilson. I think it's, I think I heard Valen Erickson. Really? Yeah. And surprise, DJ Weselak. Yeah. They all mean, signed their letters. They're coming to Mizzou. Yeah. Weselak was really the only guy coming into signing day that we didn't know for sure. I think we had a pretty good feeling that he was going to pick Missouri, but. Uh, didn't know for sure. I'll, I think we'll come back to Westlock here in a minute. But uh, this is just such an excellent class, really, from top to bottom. There seems like there's seemingly no weakness. Um, I love the offensive players in this class, especially just with Tavoris Jones, Sam Horn, obviously Luther Burden, um, Jamarion Wayne, uh, Makai Miller. All of those guys have the potential to be really great contributors in the SEC at Missouri. Um and some could be contributors pretty quickly, um, depending on position. But I don't know. I just some of those names on offense just really excite me. And but for the most part, from from top to bottom, the class is incredibly impressive and probably, hopefully, one of the best that Missouri's ever had. Yeah. So the the dynamic duo quarterback wide receiver Sam Horn and Luther Burden obviously the uh, the highlight of the class. And the staff has talked about multiple times that. They think of literally all the quarterbacks in this high school class, Sam Horn was the guy they wanted. Now, obviously, you're going to say that, but I think he's listed as the sixth best um, like pocket quarterback in mm-hmm. the country. And It's actually believable because he's, he's ranked high enough to where you could really actually make an argument that he, maybe yeah. he is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Based on his athleticism, his great arm ability to, to, to throw in the run, mm-hmm. like... He's a he's a plus athlete, and I don't know, just seems to kind of have it all. Now, Kyle, there's a little bit of controversy because he's a very good baseball player, and he, I believe, is expected to be drafted to a major league baseball team. Really, and he actually was a little bit non-committal about like playing baseball professionally. He said it will depend on where he's drafted. Um, I don't think it's something to be really concerned about. But I think I saw he was not expected to go in the top 100 picks. Um, so it true. sounds like he's not like, you know, it's not like Kyler Murray or somebody that yeah. was like supposed to be a top pick or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's something to be aware of. He definitely. is going to play baseball at Mizzou yeah. and he could be drafted in future MLB drafts and his stock could rise right. based on what he does at Mizzou. Yeah. Um, as a someone who's a pretty big football fan, you know, obviously you don't love that necessarily but obviously you want you want him to, to take advantage of every opportunity he's going to get um i think that's cool that he's playing baseball i mean if he has the ability to do both things well that's pretty awesome pretty impressive um i wish he was enrolling early but he's going to obviously play his senior season of of baseball at Collin Hill or wherever he goes to high school yeah um i've been really excited about the dynamic between him and luther burden like on social media and stuff and they've been on campus together multiple times and it seems like they already have a little bit of a relationship and uh that's that's somewhat interesting obviously they're they're coming in with as the same class but um i don't know it it's uh luther burden may need to develop uh chemistry with a different quarterback that's already on missouri's roster and how will that go um, will Sam Horn be the guy day one, or will he um, have to sit behind Connor Bazelak, um or Brady Cook? Um, so we don't know. So A lot of questions yeah. that will have to be answered. But the good news is, um, I, and I would say for me personally, the situation around quarterback is not as rosy as it was 
um, a year ago. Yeah. You know, no, it's, not at all. It, or even like early this football season, it seemed like, oh, you know, we've got Sam Horn coming, coming in, but we've got Bazelak returning and several years of eligibility, two yeah. good backups yeah. already. I what think are we going to do? At the, yeah, exactly. I think at And now the it's like Sam Horn, save us. Beginning of the season, we would have said, there's a pretty good chance Bazelak plays three, four full seasons here before we're ready to turn it over to Sam Horn or whatever. And yeah. uh, I think most Mizzou fans probably would have agreed with that or said that sounded good. Um, so, yeah, we are in a different, a different spot now than we were, you know, three, four months ago with a quarterback situation, especially seeing how the season unfolded and, like, the the receivers just not being utilized very much at all. So there there were some concerning things that happened on the field as far as the offense goes this yeah. season towards the end of the year. But hopefully with uh, maybe some, some new blood in there, things will be different. Now, you could argue, I've seen this um, on Twitter and uh, other places, that um, Drinkwitz has not unleashed his full uh, offensive arsenal uh, yet because of um, personnel limitations and it's really no way to know yeah I don't know how much I buy that because you know he's going to want to win games and I don't think there's been offensive playmaker wise I don't think we've been in a real bad spot um, the last two seasons but um, maybe it all comes down to the quarterback spot for him and with a more dynamic player at that position he'll feel more comfortable opening things up a little bit but i think we're still going to see a lot of um quick passes and stuff no matter who the quarterback is yeah i think that's just what his offense is he wants to spread the field laterally for sure but um we got a guy that can take uh short passes to the end zone seriously uh luther burden is it's going to be it's gonna be so fun to watch and he's coming in the spring too so he'll play in the spring game yep uh, this might be a pretty fun spring game to watch, uh, considering some of those things we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Who's going to play quarterback? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the new pieces that are coming in early. There's several guys that are enrolling early in the spring. Yep. So, uh, just the the trio of wide receivers: Luther Burden, uh, Jamarian Wayne, and Mecky Miller or Makai Miller. Excuse me. Uh, those three guys are are really talented and all in kind of a different way, and they're going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I don't think. I mean, you can't say enough about the number three player in the country, the number one wide receiver, top player at his position, Luther Burden um, from St. Louis, choosing Missouri over to literally any other program that could possibly want him. Yeah. And specifically saying that's why he picked Mizzou was to do something different and not just be another name at a uh, college football powerhouse. I know. It almost brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. Did you hear, I mean, uh, Coach Drinkwitz did kind of a, he spoke at an event or something like that, maybe last night, and he said something interesting about Luther Burden and NIL, just saying, you know, that we need to, as a fan base, like embrace Luther Burden. Mm-hmm. And uh, did he specifically say Luther Burden's name? I wonder. But embrace these recruits, embrace Burden through nil and embrace give, them with your money please. yeah because he he pitched it to them that they were going to have these opportunities yeah. and so now the fan base has to answer and well i mean we've seen plenty of mizzou players get opportunities like that sure. and you know if you're big ones though i don't know that we've seen no, i don't know no. i don't know that we've seen, not necessarily high dollar ones but we haven't seen a recruit the caliber of luther burden right. um in columbia recently yeah and nil has not been around very long of course so yeah, that's going to be something interesting to watch. And I think I actually read today that he got his first deal with some law firm in Columbia or something like that. So it's it's I, I think it's going to work out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. They might have uh, deeper pockets than the uh, burger joint that I've seen sponsoring some, some yeah. uh, Mizzou athletes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, skill players, I think we're, we've loaded up on some talent there. Uh, Tavoris Jones, one of the best running backs from Texas. Another guy I think could see the field really, really early. And just swooping in to the state of Texas and taking a guy like Jones who was like not really, I mean, he almost has to be considered under the radar for him to be coming to Mizzou. But I mean, the recruiting rankings and stuff and the stats, the film was all there. So yeah. I don't know. That's maybe one of the more impressive gets of this class was just the fact that they went into Texas and got one of the best running backs in the state. Yeah. And I love how they use Texas, uh, like 
they used so i guess tavoris jones grew up a longhorns fan like most people in texas probably do uh and they didn't recruit him really and they didn't offer him at least and had some guys ahead of him and in the running back room and, and those guys committed to texas and they uh just kind of ignored tavoris and we swooped in and took advantage of that situation and uh, i heard that texas started talking to him about halfway through the year and you know some people might have been forgiving and but he was not and yeah. i thought that was pretty cool that he you know stuck to mizzou and um that was just a great awareness by the staff to take advantage of that situation yeah and i mean i don't think that the way coach drinkwitz and the staff has prioritized the state of missouri um is very reassuring for me as a fan um but they should be able to look at that example of that happening to texas and be like we cannot let that be us we cannot yeah. afford to let a guy that me that we might want to get back in on later uh get away from us you know don't want to pull an oj abachi yeah i wasn't gonna make it like a direct comparison to the basketball team but you know it is fresh on my mind and it's there's like you know countless examples <laughs> that you can point to yeah uh, yeah coach drinkwitz is not going to be he's not going to pull a Conzo martin in, in that right. situation at least he hasn't yet uh, speaking of Conzo Martin, though, uh, Coach Drinkwitz let it slip that Conzo was, I don't know if he used the word instrumental, but a part of getting Luther Burden to commit to Missouri. So Conzo not uh, completely useless this year. Um, his, he got ties to East St. Louis and made luther burden feel comfortable on campus and well he uh coached um he coached luther burden luther burden's dad, dad. yeah in like aau ball yeah. that, wow and conzo's sister is the principal i think at East st louis high school yeah there's definitely some connect some family connections there uh there's so many things so many jokes i could make but yeah, they've all I already mean, been made at this point yeah um bring Conzo over as a recruiting coordinator i that i'm not <laughs> make Conzo the head of uh like player development or the something. official liaison to east st louis <laughs> illinois for mizzou athletics i mean i'm uh, only half joking uh anyway um marquise gracial we thought there was some there was a little bit of rumors that he might have been looking around at other schools a few months ago mm -hmm. that quieted down he was at luther burden signing or his um commitment announcement um earlier this month so or last month and um he seems like 100 percent bought in he has seemed that way for the last couple months so mm -hmm. obviously good to, to see him sign um and it i just it's surprising how little twists and turns there were. There was one guy, Deshaun Woods, who uh, he's maybe having to figure out some academic stuff and may they're still, I think, hoping he can sign in February. So that's just a wait and see situation. Um, but there was nobody that we really expected, nobody else that we expected to sign that fell through or anything. Yeah, um, one recruitment that didn't go Mizzou's way that I thought was going to was uh can't remember his last name pancake pancake hunter yes pancake hunter thank you very much yeah the offensive lineman who decommitted from oklahoma and had a family connection like his cousin is marcus scott mm -hmm. uh, another mizzou commit i definitely thought uh pancake hunter was going to end up at mizzou he chose houston which is where he's from so yeah. that's and they've been in on him you yeah. know for a long time so i guess that makes sense um that he decided to kind of stay close to home but uh, as I stated on Twitter, uh, waffles are better than pancakes anyway. It's true, but we wish them luck. We wish them, <laughs> wish them the best. Um, getting some offensive line help. That's just that's got to be in every single recruiting class. Oh, thing. yeah. You got to have some guys that are going to contribute on the offensive line. For sure. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Mimba. Yeah. Juco, defensive yeah. tackle, announcing on the 19th, which is three days from now mm -hmm. and that's probably going to be between auburn and mizzou uh mizzou's done a good job recruiting him um, i think they definitely have a shot if i had to pick i think i'd pick auburn here yeah but, I, i'm for me it's like 55 45 yeah. auburn it's yeah. very close i think I, and he is announcing like in france or something yeah he's from france oh, okay yeah. over uh, like uh some kind of like a television program yeah. or something so yeah. Uh, that'll be is, is something to keep an eye on. They have those in France, TV programs. A TV program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we don't have those here. <laughs> uh, we just have the internet. Um, DJ Weslack. Yep. Is that where you're going? Yep. Wow, what an what a recruitment, man. Welcome to the team. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, so but just a quick sum up. Probably a year ago, had no shot. Didn't Did, make the top 15. Didn't make a top 15 for this person. Uh, didn't really hear much about him for a little while. Uh, seemed, he was at uh, Mizzou's event. summer event this, this summer. I can't mm-hmm. remember what they call it. Night at the Zoo. Yes. Had some really nice things to say about Missouri. Still kind of felt like he's just saying nice things to be nice. Uh, sound like Missouri got more involved, though, as time went on. And Clemson was the team that was considered the leader. Yes. So. And then we kind of started feeling, wow, Missouri might actually have a shot here. Uh, then he had some off-the-field stuff pop up. He had, like, some charges like that mm-hmm. were filed against him. Mm-hmm. Those end up getting dropped after a little while. It seemed like uh, teams kind of, uh, you know. cooled on him a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. They put some distance between themselves and him. Yeah, and still, just leading up to a National Signing Day, just felt like, you know, he didn't, it almost felt like he was not that interested in Mizzou, and maybe he just disguised it really well, I don't know, but it just felt like he wanted to go anywhere except yeah. the home school. I mean, that's, he, he signed to Missouri, so I don't know what to say about that, but yeah. the vibe was definitely like, can anybody give me a reason, a good reason to not go here, and I'll do it, yeah. but... It was like, which I is obviously pure speculation, yeah. but I agree. That's there what was, it felt there like. was LSU rumors. And then there was rumors that they had a spot for him, but they kind of wanted to see what would happen with a few other guys. Yeah. LSU came in hot mm-hmm. at the end there. And he took an official visit. Like just, he canceled his, days. he canceled his OV to Mizzou and mm-hmm. went to LSU. And obviously that's, I mean, under, that's understandable. He's been to Mizzou a billion times. Yeah. So that's, I, I understand that, but yeah, then there may have been some weird behind the scenes stuff with LSU, maybe, uh, they might have had some guys in front of him a little bit. I think there was even some, a little bit of del- deliberation about where uh, Missouri wants him, like mm-hmm. at uh, outside linebacker, if they want him at uh, defensive end. It sounds like he's kind of labeling himself as a hybrid. So I don't know. Yeah, this he it's been all over the place, but I'm I'm happy that he's ended up at Mizzou. He's a fantastic athlete. Uh, he's a very high upside guy. He's got a college ready body as it is. So. Yeah, uh, let's just kind of have a let's have a drama-free little while here, um, DJ, and we'll get you on the field and you know go sack the quarterback for us. That's that sounds that'd great. be really nice. Um, I'm gonna pull up. Let me get the most recent uh, rankings real quick. So Missouri, according to 24/7 Sports, currently sitting at 12th in the country. They've been you know flirting with top 10 to top 15 status um, as the commitments roll in. Um, Fifth in the SEC, but right there with Kentucky, just like a couple points uh, separating them, which Kentucky, wow. I mean, you would think fifth in the SEC, you'd be like, I don't know, you'd think maybe right there with Florida or somebody, but Florida. Florida's 14th. Yeah. Out of 14. It's insane. Vanderbilt was higher than Florida. I love it. That's... That's awful. I mean, when it's great. Yes, yes, yes. That's <laughs> yeah. That's incredible, though, because when Mizzou has been not the best recruiting school, you know, last few years. I mean, before Drinkwitz and like the floor of recruiting in the SEC is thirteenth because you're at least going to out recruit Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and Florida has not done that so uh, far. It's just insane. Van- Vanderbilt has twenty four three star recruits. Wow. Florida, their class like kind of fell apart and also didn't exist to begin with. They actually have a five-star player committed. They for two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, wow. they they only have ten commits though. Hmm. So I don't know. That's well, that was a legitimate criticism of Dan Mullen. That's one. I feel like that's one of the things that sent his his coaching job like spiraling out of control as people were asking him like what is going on with recruiting and he could have like salvaged that but he literally was just like and we're not going to talk about that yeah he just decided to take the worst angle possible and like fight them about it and get angry and i felt like very very dan mullen thing to do that was the start (laughs) of it all and it ended quickly but oh yeah one other thing uh south carolina spencer rattler yeah and the tight end and the tight end whose name is this guy like stogner or whatever his name is like okay, okay i guess right. sec east here we go <laughs> seriously but i mean he lost his job at oklahoma so 
maybe he won't be good, but he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. So early signing period behind us. We the staff's not done though. They're going to be um, adding maybe a few more high school recruits. Uh, Drinkwitz had like a press conference afterwards. He said, you know, obviously we're not done. We're going to be looking at some JUCO guys. We were going to be looking at more high school players for the um, February signing period. And um, then you've got the transfer portal. And I know um, I've seen um, the Mizzou fan base getting a little bit worried that Mizzou is missing their opportunities with transfers so far this offseason. But I saw a stat that was like, um, just stay down there. Um, I saw a stat that was like, there's something ridiculous, you know, like 700 transfers or more than that. I can't remember. But the point is only 17% of players that have decided to transfer have found new spots. Yeah, it's really early still. And players are still going to continue to transfer. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of players have probably still not even announced they're transferring yet. Um, a lot of teams still have bowl games you have to play. Um, yeah, there's coaching changes that are probably still going to be made. Probably. Um, um, Missouri, I mean, what do they have, like 16 commits or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a very good chance they're still going to take seven, eight more guys. Yeah. Like. There's there's still gonna be still still gonna be a lot of additions before uh, this re- recruiting cycle's over, and some of the transfer portal additions can happen super late. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Blaze Aldridge, I mean, he was a super late ad, and he was and it ended can just there. happen all of a sudden. Yeah, like a guy announces he's transferring, and then the next day announces he's coming to Mizzou. I mean, yeah, but it is important though that we land a few guys, those guys. I mean. Blaze Aldridge was a great example of a contributor this year. Had some rough moments, but was a contributor. Mm-hmm. Mike Maietti, I mean, my goodness, oh, yeah. he's he was incredibly important the yeah. last two seasons. So he made some uh, like third team All American teams. Yeah, that's insane. So yeah, the the transfer portal is incredibly important for balancing the classes and filling those immediate holes in your lineup that you need to fill. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't get too disheartened yet. I'm sure they're gonna really focus on that here in a little bit also don't get too disheartened because uh we got the number 12 recruiting class in the country number five in the sec good point all right uh it's bowl game season missouri plays army in the armed forces bowl army is eight and four they are coming off a loss to navy that was a little surprising yeah um they run the triple option what do you think about the triple option kyle uh I think I asked you this question maybe off air recently. I don't even know off air. I don't even. Is that even how you? Are we like on air right now? Oh, we're on the air. We're live. We're on the airwaves. Um, <laughs> what happens if Jeff Monken like, you know, decides to take another job or whatever okay. it is? I did some research on this. Okay, great. So okay, I have so, an what, answer for so you. what happens if if Jeff Monken decides he wants to take another job? Army's been running the triple option since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, did, I mean, do they have to hire somebody that's like has, you know, well-versed in the, in the triple option or did they, are they forced to, to adopt that style of play? Uh, yes and no. So there's some nuance to it. Um, they're almost forced to adopt some kind of gimmicky, I'm putting in air quotes, style of offense because of their personnel limitations. So because of their, um, mm. Uh, standards for acceptance and just like the fact that you know army like service academy players don't have the same type of routine that normal um, college football players do so they so that's why you see triple option being run in service academies or you know um, programs that just kind of have a built-in deficiency in recruiting Mm -hmm. Um, so they are more likely to pursue someone with triple option history so are you saying the triple option elevates these players well it basically creates the way the proponents of the triple option would say it creates a competitive advantage where if you can just really nail this um you know offensive system then it's not something that the defense sees all the time so if you can do it really well you can take advantage of just the novelty of it okay and um, that makes sense. catch opponents off guard, basically. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little, uh, it's kind of an archaic style yeah. of play, Well, there's this, there's this very, um, there's this branching uh, coaching tree 
that comes from coaches that are from um, Georgia Southern University. Okay. Um, Georgia Southern is a type of place where if you go coach there, you absolutely are running the triple option. <laughs> um, so I wonder who sets those precedents. Just well, there is like a, I don't remember the guy's name, but when I was looking some of this stuff up, there's like this legendary coach uh, from Georgia Southern who kind of pioneered the triple option and that's just what they run there. And then he had assistants that kind of took it other places. And, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Hmm. I think it's fun to watch, honestly. Like my question to you would be like, if you, um, if you were a fan of a team that was like their prospects for recruiting or something was just like not looking so good. Let's maybe say Florida. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say maybe Kansas football. Okay. I've heard of that. Um, you know, you're just not very good and there doesn't seem to be any hope, um, to get better. Would you be like, would you be like, yeah, bring out, bring on the triple option? Well, I guess that was my question was like, okay, so if the triple option elevates these players that are maybe under recruited, why doesn't everybody do it? If they're just giving everyone a boost, but it is more, it is the novelty. It is the fact that you never run into it yeah, or very seldomly run into the triple option that makes right. it probably special and it's gimmicky. Yeah. And well, I think there is this kind of like, um, the triple option, like good programs don't run the triple option. So we're not going to run the triple option. So then no good programs are running the triple option. So it's like the reason we don't want to run it is because no big programs are, but nobody wants to take the chance to try it. So it's just, you know, this endless cycle. Yeah. I mean, it, it it can be fun to watch. It can also be painful to watch because there's not a lot of passing that happens. And, but more modern. And I I would uh, give Monken and army credit you know, he has modernized it a implemented bit. some different looks and, uh, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, they opened the game against Navy with a, with a pass and, you know, it's kind of a joke on Twitter, like, um, well, army and Navy both passing the ball, but still, yeah, it's crazy. Like they'll run the ball, you know, 50 times and throw it nine times in a game, but they do selectively use the pass and trick plays and stuff like that to try to trip up the defense. So I don't know. I think it's kind of fun to watch the quarterback make these reads. Mm-hmm. And when you have two reads, you have your handoff read and your pitch read. I think that's kind of cool Yeah, to see like that. And it's kind of a, I don't know, the, the movement, the motion and the fakes and stuff. I think it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, the, the Mizzou's d- defensive line is going to have to be aware. I mean, they're going to have to eyes up, got to find the ball because yeah. they're going to do a lot of trickeration. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit worried. I mean, can you imagine uh, this offense versus Mizzou's defense from the beginning of the season? Yeah, like in November Unbelievable. or like October. Yeah, it would have just been disastrous. But um, yeah, what worries me the most is like you almost you're going to like plan on them running the ball. So you're going to kind of have your defense up close to the line of scrimmage. But then one missed read or broken tackle there's like nobody in the in the defensive secondary to like clean up a play typically yeah because the defense is kind of spread out a little bit and very close to the line of scrimmage it's almost like i don't know in like a video game if you were like running from the goal line set and the defense is in the goal line set and you like break a run there's just nobody there to tackle the guy yeah yeah i mean you probably almost wonder Navy shut them down last week because they probably know what they're doing yeah. against an offense like this. They obviously play them every year. Um, Missouri does not play it against a triple option every year. No. And yeah, it's probably, I, I would expect some big plays. Um, yeah. It's very possible that army might break off some big ones in this game. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously an aspect of it. That's just like a traditional read option mixed with a speed pitch option offense just Mm -hmm. like the two things mixed together basically run every single play yeah but um they bring receivers on on jet sweeps fake it to them um so yeah it's it's a challenge i think for defenses and um army has not played a very tough schedule at all this year so their wins are not anything special and they've got some bad losses um that's why they are kind of in this lower tier bowl game but also the army being in the armed forces bowl kind of makes sense yeah i mean most like uh most triple option offenses are going to have a mobile quarterback but yeah. their quarterback is is very mobile yeah. he's, he's a really good player too yeah. really fast presents some interesting challenges mm-hmm. um their like fullback 
will just like bowl people over. Like you don't <laughs> see fullbacks being used a lot, but they're going to be used in a triple option offense. Yeah, it's kind of a thing of beauty. Yeah. It's really kind of an old school thing that I can kind of appreciate it. Yeah, it's different. not fun when your team is going up against it, but probably true. As and a as a novelty to watch every once in a while, it is interesting. Yeah, some of the secondary players are probably bummed that we're playing them because they may not get as much action. Yeah, I mean, what you have to hope to do is get them behind the sticks in like yeah. third and long situations, and then it can be pretty. That, that's what Navy was able to do: get them mm-hmm. um, off schedule on offense, and they had to throw it more in the second half than they would typically like to. Yeah, get an early lead. Mm-hmm make them throw um army's defense is pretty good they're led by outside linebacker andre carter third team all-american and had 14 and a half sacks this season wow and he's got uh, another year of eligibility so he might be back um i think this sounds weird but this might be a high scoring affair like i don't think army's defense is all that great and i think the quick passing game and just literally running away from Carter. I mean, Carter's not, he's a really good pass rusher. He's not the best run stopper. I I've watched some army tape and uh, you see a lot of missed tackles. Um, so I think our running game should be able to get going. And, um, I think the quick passes will be there, but with the way Missouri's offense finished, you know, the second half of the football season, I, I, you have no yeah, idea. Yeah, they, you have no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think this, um, I don't know. I, I could see, okay. If this game's a blowout, who is winning? If it's a blowout, I think Missouri scores like 10 points. And I, if it's a blowout, I think army, army wins, wins like 24 to 10 or something. Is that a blowout? I, guess. I mean, by two scores. Yeah. I mean, because Army doesn't really want to have a high possession game, so them winning by two touchdowns, I don't know. Yeah, I, feel I could like see if it's close and high scoring, then I could see something more like um, 34-28, mm-hmm. 34-32, something like that. Yeah, I feel like normally when we're making these score predictions, like I have like a pretty good understanding of what's <laughs> going to happen in the game a lot yeah. of the times. Uh, and I feel like normally our predictions are pretty pretty close. Yeah, for the at most least part. one of us is, is pretty on the money. But I don't know how to predict this game, man. I mean, I see a very wide range of potential outcomes happening in this game. And um, even just like a few weeks in between games, you know, Missouri hasn't played in a few weeks. Obviously, uh, Army played more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who we're going to see a quarterback for Mizzou. Yeah. Is it going to be Bayslack? I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly, uh, Brady Cook's been taking first team snaps in practice. I'd be fine with that. I'd be perfectly fine if Brady Cook just played this game. That's what I'm hoping happens. I mean, I just want to, yeah, I want to see something different. Yeah. I mean, if Bayslight goes out there and does the same thing that he did in the last four games of the oh, regular I'll just season, vomit. Yeah. I'm going to be so sad. Well, at least you have something else to watch, but that'll make you vomit even more. It's a basketball game. Yeah. Okay. Quick prediction for Army Navy. Army Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I got Navy winning that one. Wow. How'd you know? Uh, Army Mizzou. And I'm going to say. I think I think Mizzou plays Brady Cook. I think he has a good enough game to win this. I think he's going to have some ugly moments. But for the most part, I think he'll do enough to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. I think he can run enough to get to the sticks and kind of keep the drives alive. I think Missouri wins 27-20. I wrote down 27-17. Mizzou. Wow. Okay. All right. 2720 you said yeah yeah i mean i'm gonna say the same thing uh, brady cook starts get a little something going on offense maybe just run all over him that'd be fine don't even need to throw the ball that much i hope they can pull it off just get just get the ball to luther burden that's all i ask <laughs> a little early for that <laughs> um it, tyler Beatty's playing right yeah i think he ha- i think he is yeah um, let him do whatever he wants. I don't, there's no, there's no reason to be upset that he is playing. And if he was not going to play, that's totally fine too. He's going to go to the NFL. That's my take on it. It's reasonable. Um, basketball time. Um, there was a, there was a game. Who did they play? Um, Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. 
That feels uh, like an eternity ago. Yeah. I'm I'm legitimately sorry for anyone who had already put this out of their mind, but we're going to relive <laughs> it for a moment. Uh, Missouri lost the game 102 to 65. Well, you know what's crazy about this game was I actually felt like Mizzou played okay for their standards, especially in the first half. Yeah. It really felt like, I mean, Kansas was making every shot, but it was like Missouri was doing enough to at least keep it competitive for the first 10 minutes of the game. Well, and they uh, they kind of, there was a point where they got it down to a seven-point Kansas lead. And then the refs got involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was actually nuts. Like, yeah. um, it was a seven-point game, and then there was just, like, a whistle on every possession. Kansas yeah. shot, like, nine free throws in the next two minutes. Yeah. And then... Um, it during that span, uh, Kansas actually went on a twenty-five to four run. Wow! Yeah, and mostly free throws. It felt like. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, Javon Pickett. Uh, he showed up. It was a rivalry game, so he was all about it. Nineteen points. Really? Um, yeah, on only twelve shots. Yeah, he I was. Think. He was making everything in the first half. Um, yeah, getting to the rim. He actually looked like he could compete at that level and wanted to be there Why, um, where is that javon pickett like the other half of the time i don't know he really it's, looks like a polished player sometimes like yeah. he like you said he really he can get to the rim effectively he's got a pretty nice looking three-point shot mm-hmm. uh but sometimes he's just totally gone like from games yeah um that honor in this game went to amari davis because he played 25 minutes and had zero points 0 for 5 from 2, 0 for 1 from 3, no field goal, no free throw attempts. So that was not great. Uh, free throw attempts f- for the teams, Missouri was 12 of 17. Kansas was 23 of 32. Wow. So I missed that. I missed That was from, from free throws? Yeah, free throws. Wow. Kansas uh, attempted 32 free throws. It takes me back. <laughs> it takes me yeah, back, back to the Big 12 days. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, we knew Kansas was going to be efficient. They shot the ball unbelievably well, really throughout the entire game. 52% from three. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and still, uh, 60% from two Missouri. Meanwhile, five of 16 from three, that's good for 31% and, uh, 49% from two and really Pickett and Brazil. Uh, Gordon had 10 points, but he had to take 11 shots to get there. So not super efficient. Um, Brazil, 10 points in 20 minutes of action, uh, made a couple of threes. I thought he looked pretty good. I did too. He didn't look scared to be out there. Yeah. Looked athletic. I'm not going to lie. I think Brazil is going to be a better player than maybe i gave him credit for yeah it's seeming that Uh, way for me as well i went i went to kickapoo here in springfield so obviously he went to my alma mater for for a high school and you know i hadn't seen him play a ton but i just thought and obviously we're two games in here he's played two games but i thought there was a pretty good chance he might just kind of be a tweener like not really big enough to bang around down low but not but still but too big to you know be a slasher or anything not like that skilled enough at I the perimeter I, yeah. yeah exactly and i didn't know that his uh, i didn't know what to think about his shot but so far very early he looks like he's going to be so much better than i thought he could be yeah and uh i'm happy about that for sure yeah i mean he's got the green light from three and uh he's we, kind of a late bloomer too in yeah. high school we knew about his athleticism that's showing through and uh he shows defensive versatility i mean he's switching everything on the perimeter so yeah he could develop into a special player for sure um in this game missouri committed 20 turnovers that's not good um there's not a whole lot else to say uh kansas was just incredible i mean mccormick didn't even go crazy like he didn't really impose his will like he could have in this game um spoiler alert i think we will see that happen in the illinois game but they're big man um, Abaji had the quietest 21 point game you've ever seen in your life. Just like, yeah, five of seven from three. Um, yeah, they're really good. I don't know what else to say about Kansas other than 
it sucks that they're good and uh it really sucks yeah the atmosphere was incredible <laughs> um that had been fun for those players um even the missouri players i mean it's i was probably nerve-wracking and did you notice that um when the game was getting started all the players are kind of walking out into the court for the for the to tip the ball and everything could you notice that they were kind of smiling and stuff oh yeah like i don't know that i've ever seen something like that like the, the, christian brown the, like yes. like they, they i mean they were couldn't even contain their excitement yeah. almost like they were just so amped yeah. and so they were just like bewildered by yeah. the crowd and everything and i'm sure the mizzou players were like holy crap this is intense yeah well some of the mizzou players were kind of smiling a little <laughs> yeah. bit too like everybody was just i don't know it was yeah. crazy it must have been a crazy atmosphere oh, and yeah. just all the all the stuff leading up all week all the the social media teams going crazy with making all the content about yeah. the border war and everything just that i you know i don't know that a year ago if all those players really understand uh what the rivalry means but they learned oh, yeah. what the rivalry meant oh, yeah. like by the time they, that that game tipped yeah and uh of course kansas just walks out on the court and is immediately super hot shooting the ball yeah. like usually i feel like in those situations the teams are a little stiff like even the home team with that kind of crowd atmosphere they're a little bit like right nervous uh, we really got to do a good job here yeah they seemed so relaxed no, they were loose just knocked everything down of course that fed the crowd even more i mean yeah and it then was, it was over quick and then they uh, got the crowd back into it late by uh, bringing in walk-ons to score 100 points. Yeah. I mean, honestly. It was a perfect day if you were a Kansas yeah, fan. Just embarrassing. Everything went embarrassing right. Embarrassing for Mizzou basketball. Yeah. Um, talk to me about Sean Duragordon because Twitter is ablaze with we want Sean want to give him more minutes yeah he scored uh, 11 points in six minutes i think it's got to the free throw line i think it's possible that maybe i mean i watched the whole game uh maybe i kind of checked out a little bit um towards the end wasn't watching super closely every possession but uh yeah i mean i think sean duver gordon has proved that he deserves some playing time in in this season i mean come on yeah play the young guys at this point like the season's basically lost almost already at this point you know we're, we're not even halfway through just get the young guys some playing time um yeah he's an athletic player he doesn't look super polished um at times like on offense and stuff mm-hmm. but i mean he's rangy he's i think he can if he can come into his own on defense he could be a, a good player for sure and you know he's probably got to work on his shot a little bit and some of those things can can develop but yeah i mean those things can get better when they see more playing time. So I think that some of the players with high ceilings, get them on the court. That's how they're going to come into their own, and that's how they're yeah. going to find those ceilings. Yeah, and it's not a situation where you need to worry about like giving them too much too early. I mean, right. you don't want to imply that we're not going to win unless you really show up and contribute to the box score in a major way as a freshman. Yeah. But yeah, there's not there's really not a lot of pressure probably no. on them to to win the game right. just do your best yeah at this point yeah um kyle i do want to talk about um just you know kind of an annoying thing that uh an, an annoying storyline that has been brought to the forefront because of this matchup and that is uh christian brown parker brown the brown family the other last names uh, in the family that I don't remember. It looks like Sandboth, but that's not how you say it. I don't remember how you say it. I'm I'm declaring we're done with this family. It's We're ready to move on. They don't even know how to spell the word brown, for crying out loud. The mom who went to Mizzou in the stands with the Kansas shirt and obviously fine yes your kids at, at kansas yes you root for kansas that's fine but don't act like mizzou and you ha- are a thing anymore you know well i th- i think i heard some of the brown family in attendance was wearing santa clara gear yeah the dad was now that's kind of a yeah. slap in the face yeah well that actually brings me to my second point kyle and that's i saw a lot of understandable frustration with the brown family and i was right there with you um, I don't know how to say this as an adult talking about a college student uh, without, you know, sounding a certain way. But Christian Brown uh, is, I'm trying to be delicate here, um, 
an unlikable player to have on the Kansas Jayhawks basketball roster. And oh, I hate him. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't say this, but I saw other people saying, you know, like, you know, punchable face. Yes. Uh, I certainly would never say something like that, no, 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 no. but I definitely agree. And, <laughs> and I mean, he makes, he makes, those are the, those are the kind of players though, that make the rivalries fun. And I mean, not fun when you lose by 40 points, but let's say Missouri was good. And those two teams were just going back and forth. Like, man, if he, yeah, him making a three and pumping up the crowd, oh. he just would just hate it so much. <laughs> And then Missouri answers, but you know that's that's yeah. not going to happen this year. But yeah, he's um, he's uh, yeah, he was he was pressing my buttons as yeah. far as like making me hate everything he did. Yes, um, and obviously the fact that he's good at basketball uh, contributes yeah he, mightily to. Did you see his quote after the game? He said uh, something about Missouri being well coached. I did not see that. Yeah, he said they're well coached. I'm sure he believes that deep down in his heart. Now uh, the second part of this that I got to get to is Parker Brown is a fine basketball player and ladies and gentlemen i don't know if you know this but santa clara is 95th in kimpom and parker brown is playing 83 percent of available minutes and has an offensive rating of 108 okay now if that means nothing to you then let's just compare it to the missouri tigers who have a kimpom rating of a 153 so i'm telling you Santa Clara is better than Mizzou. So you're telling me that Parker Brown couldn't get minutes on Missouri. So we thought he went down a level. Yeah. But he actually is playing for a better team. Yes. And playing better. And playing more minutes than he did for Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. So. Something doesn't add up there. Yeah. So I can, you know, you hear Santa Clara, you think, oh, Parker Brown transferred to Santa Clara. Oh, wow. He really had to go down a level to contribute. Now, you'd like to think that that would be the case, but when Missouri is the 153rd best team, according to Kempom, it's easy to go up. Obviously, last year's team was a little different than this yeah. year's team. But but if you're telling me you wouldn't take him, who right. is contributing major minutes to a top 100 Kempom team and has a better offensive rating than everybody on Missouri's roster except for Trevon Brazil and Sean <laughs> Duregordon, who barely play. Yeah, uh, so is this, what, maybe like a criticism of Kanto Martin? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I went into this thought thinking it was a little bit more of a criticism of some fans that I saw on Twitter, like uh, besmirching Parker Brown and saying, like, that he was no good. And, like, this is it. I'm done now. I'm probably never going to talk about him again. But I just wanted to point that out before we really, before I mentally close the door on the entire Brown family. We're I'm sure they're gonna, they're gonna be devastated to know that I've done that. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be rough when they find out. <laughs> but it had to be done. <sighs> yeah, there's something so aggravating about just getting absolutely dismantled by your most bitter rival, and there is nothing you can do to like come back. Like, there's nothing you can say. Uh, the most punchable face in the world just draining three after three on you and smiling and smiling and saying you're well coached after the game and uh i mean there's just not you just have to take it there's nothing you can say to like come back or anything no. against it there's not a there's not a funny thing there's, you can say on twitter no there's it, just it's just brutal yeah yeah that was that was rough but it was expected yeah i agree <laughs> Uh, so in case I didn't make it clear, Missouri is now 153rd in Kimpom, 205th in offensive um, efficiency. I believe it. 112th on defense. Uh, I think they're worse than 205th offensive. Like they should be. Oh, I think they will be. It'll keep dropping. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Um, 352nd in three-point field goal percentage offense. And to remind folks, there's 358 schools in division one basketball uh not much better on defense 310th in defensive three-point field goal percentage allowed um 324th in offensive turnover percentage and even worse than that in non-steal turnovers so yeah pretty good 
Uh, up next, we play Utah at home and then Illinois in the bragging rights game in St. Louis. Utah is 7-3, and three, no top 100 wins, and they did lose all three of those games they played, BYU, uh, USC, and TCU. They're top 100 in both offense and defense. Um, luckily for Missouri, the only thing Utah doesn't do well is um, turn over other teams. But as we saw, as I just said, uh, Missouri doesn't need you to steal the ball from them to turn it over. They're more than capable of turning the ball over without you doing anything. They'll find ways. Do you remember the maybe first or maybe it was the second year of Conzo Martin when that whenever we were like kind of scouting teams, that was like the first thing we looked at oh, yeah. for Ken Palm was like, uh, do they turn teams over or do they not? And yeah. that may be the key to whether we win the game or not because they were just turning the ball over like 20 plus times a game. Yeah, there was that one uh, when we went on the road to Iowa play State. Iowa State. They yes. turned the ball over like 30 times yeah. or something was it, ridiculous. Was that Conzo's second season? Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it was like from that moment on, it was like, okay, it, does the other team turn you over? If so, this is going to be ugly. It's going to be brutal, yeah. And we're kind of back in that same yeah, we place again this year. We've returned um so i honestly think this being a home game for missouri should be a relatively close game against utah utah 93rd in defensive efficiency they don't turn you over but they do do play pretty good team defense um their opponents so far this year do not shoot the ball well they've played a little bit of a cupcakey schedule um as far as their wins go but they did beat cal and boston college and Abilene Christian, who are actually better, uh, more highly ranked teams than Missouri this year. It should be close. I can't necessarily expect Missouri to win because we're pretty bad, but hoping for a close game. If Missouri, um, if Missouri, you know, has a terrible offensive game and can't score, um, then watch out because this is one of the last winnable games on the schedule. Is this the return game of the? It, you might have just said this actually i wasn't no. paying attention uh they went to utah yeah. in Conzo's first season correct and high hopes for the year obviously which yeah. ended up still being a good year but that was an awful game that's yeah. probably the one of the worst games of the whole season yeah they got destroyed yeah. at utah but i think that was actually a nice little like you know learning experience going on the road against a pretty good utah team that season was like they had won some good games you yeah, know blew out, blew out iowa state yeah. and it was like okay back to earth you know, you're not going to go undefeated this year. That was year. a better Utah team than they are currently, too. Agree. Yeah. Um, can, uh, can you feel confident predicting Missouri will win this game? No, absolutely not. We'll just leave it at Could that. Could they? Then. Sure. Yeah. Will they? Probably not. Okay. Throw out the records, though, Kyle. We've got a rivalry game against Illinois. So that means at least Javon Pickett will show up. And we probably jinxed him now. Yeah. Like we've we've made that joke too many times it's where expected from him to yeah. the with point now it's like yeah and so other teams will hone in on him yeah and <laughs> if you're out it, for the listeners like don't be too hard on him if he doesn't <laughs> deliver because he has been so good in rivalry games in his Mizzou career specifically the bragging rights game. interesting to look at like his compare his like uh his splits between like you know the Illinois games and every other game yeah and throw that Kansas game in there yeah a rivalry games yeah we can cherry pick it a little bit um, Illinois is 18th in Kempom, uh, 15th on offense, 36th in defense, so pretty well-rounded. Um, they have wins over Kansas State, Notre Dame, and Iowa this year, uh, which are top 100 teams, but they lost to Marquette, Cincinnati, and most recently to Arizona. Uh, Arizona's top 10. They only lost that game by four points. Um, a big factor in this one is whether they will have their uh, starting point guard, Andre Carbello. Um, he had a head injury, so he's missed a few games. And the most recent stuff I saw from a couple days ago was still was still up in the air whether he when he would be back. Yeah, he's uh, he's a difference maker for sure. I remember he had a great game against Missouri last year, and he is I don't know he's talented man. He's all over the place. They still have Kofi Coburn. Hey, uh, producer Cameron, I think somebody's trying to see if there's anybody still here. Um, they still have Kofi Coburn, so he is uh, a force down low. And uh, I think anything we didn't see from David McCormick in the Kansas game, I think we will see from Kofi in this one. 
Yeah, Kofi is an unbelievable player, <laughs> and I feel like we've gotten a little bit lucky. The last, I mean, last year, I just was really surprised that he didn't go off against us. Yeah. And uh, is this his third season? Yes. Yeah, I feel like we've been a little fortunate. Yeah, he, against he him. Uh, kind of flirted with the NBA uh, this past off season. Um, he's an interesting case as far as like a NBA big because you know you you, you need to have basically like elite uh, rim protection on defense to justify an NBA team taking a chance on you if you're not like a floor spreader. But uh, I think somebody will take a chance on him. Yeah, for sure. Um, Corbello, we don't know about him. Uh, they've got some really good shooters. Um, Alfonso Plummer, Trent Frazier, who feels like he's been at Illinois for 18 years. Oh, my word. Um, Jacob Grandison, watch out for those guys to make a bunch of three-point shots. Um I don't know. I think this team's not as good as Kansas, and they're it is a neutral site game. So and they're not as good as they were last year. True. Um, that being said, Missouri is a lot worse than they were last year, <laughs> and uh, yeah, two pretty different teams. Yeah, I think it's going to all be Coburn and three pointers. Yeah, for Illinois, and I and we've seen Missouri just leaves three point shooters wide open, so. Um, if they do that against Illinois, it's not going to be pretty. And looking back at the Kansas game, like Wilmore played like six minutes. Um, and should have been less. Yeah. Yeah. Played eight minutes. So uh, they basically kind of abandoned playing any kind of traditional five. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to try and put Wilmore on? He'll start. I mean, he'll jump center and then uh, again, I'm not sure he jumps. Well, he will attempt to tip the ball at the tip off. And then he'll be at the five spot till they can sub till him out. Gets in foul trouble three minutes in. Yeah. I mean, I think Coburn's going to go nuts. I think he'll have like, uh, he'll go for like, you know, 20 and 10 easy. Yeah. I mean, there's no Jeremiah Tillman to slow him down anymore. Yeah. I think he will have his way. Yeah. I agree. And I think he's more of an offensive threat than McCormick. All right, so I think Missouri's going to lose this game. It's just a matter of by how much. I, I hope and pray they can keep it close and that uh, they can get some of that rivalry game magic going um, from Pickett. You need something from uh, Amari Davis. You can't have a goose egg from him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand. I think he should be taking eight mid-range jumpers a game. Like, that's supposed to be what he does well. So... And when you can't score, just let him do it. Like yeah. I'm not really sure, yeah, why his game has changed from his previous stop, yeah. Milwaukee. He's or whatever. he's made some mid-range shots and looked good doing it. I think just let him do it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, obviously, nobody is going to be making threes at a reliable rate. Kobe Brown, I think, might be the best three-point shooter on the team. Maybe Brazil. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, we still don't know exactly what's going on with Boogie Coleman either. Um, it seems like, I mean, the only thing I can think that's keeping him out of games is like his effort in practice, honestly. Yeah. Because he like hasn't broken any rules. He's, it's not a disciplinary thing this from a is, rules standpoint. I, I this, think Conzo's just not happy with him. Yeah, at this point, just play the young guys. Yeah. Uh, is there any positive note we can end this episode on? Um, <laughs> Luther Burden, Luther Burden, football, everything football. Yeah, enjoy that bowl game. Uh, this the Bragging Rights Arena. I mean, I'm sure some of you guys may be planning to go to this game. Maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but that is going to be Illinois dominated as far as the arena goes. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, considering how bad Missouri is, obviously, but also with the bowl game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just don't. That's going to be weird. Yeah, Mizzou fans that are interested in both sports are probably going to choose the bowl game over the Bragging Rights game. Um, yeah, I'll probably have both going on at the same time, but yeah. maybe one on the TV, one on the laptop or something. But At halftime, you can decide which one takes priority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Yeah, they're both literally at 7 o'clock, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so, so the football game will last longer, but yeah. that is unfortunate. But maybe not. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, 
Parker, Daddy JD, Luis Hernandez, and Tim Keens. Uh, one thing, it is the fantasy football playoffs. Oh. So reading all these names, so many of them are in uh, the fantasy football league, but I think only, let's see, Brian, let's see, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, those are playoff teams along with you, producer Cameron. And the wives. And the Missouri Sports Podcast wives. Our wives made the playoffs. And I didn't. Better luck. I'm very sorry, Cameron. Better luck next year. Yeah, me and producer Cameron are facing off again in the first round. Uh, all right. Thank you, gentlemen, for your support. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. How's the movie? Uh, wonderful. I still got an hour to go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.